0: trying off-season for the Michigan State basketball program, but it's also been one of Tom Izzo's most successful on the recruiting trail. That and more on today's episode of the Spartan Confidential Podcast presented by MLive.com. It is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020. I'm your host, Brandon Champion, joined today by Michigan State basketball reporter Kyle Austin. Uh, Kyle, we're talking ball in September.
1: Yeah, I mean, normally we would be talking about wrapping up for practice. Uh, Not sure exactly. I I think that might be not too far later than usual. Uh, But I think the biggest story uh, for everybody has been the recruiting, which we'll get into quite a bit today.
0: For sure. And before we get into Michigan State hoops, uh, Matt Wenzel, our football reporter, is also here. And Matt, uh, we're not talking about football in September, sadly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This we this uh, year just seems to get weirder and weirder. And, you know, this would have been uh, this would have been opening week. Michigan State would have played uh, Northwestern Ugh. this weekend under the original schedule. Right? And yeah. it would have been Minnesota under the revised 10 game schedule. <laughs> and Ugh. now it's uh, it's nothing. They're in a
0: six and a half week conditioning, strength and conditioning. Ooh. Conditioning. Hard to sell season tickets for that. Uh, I feel like we need like a womp, womp, womp sounder (laughs) right now, (laughs) but, uh, uh, just to touch on football before we get into the basketball stuff, uh, the window for Mel Tucker and his staff to reach out to, uh, 2022 recruits, uh, is open. And I know you, you noticed something interesting about the way the Spartans were approaching this, uh, at least early on.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously,
0: you know, the, the staff
2: was ahead of the date, um, Promoting September 1st and, and, you know, restrictions being lifted so they can, you know, start contacting these junior recruits more. Um, But one thing uh, that stood out was the promotion of of name, image and likeness, which has obviously been a hot topic for quite a while. And it just kind of keeps getting kicked down the road by the NCA and with Congress um, getting involved. But um, there were there were multiple Michigan State staffers who posted to social media about um, building their brand name, image and likeness. Um, there were tweets, um, some of which have since been deleted. I don't know if, uh, uh, (laughs) compliance got involved and said, maybe you guys uh, should uh, slow this down, but there were, there were a number of them, um, about players, you know, promoting their brand and selling what Michigan state has to offer, you know, talking about the number of followers on Twitter and Instagram for Mel Tucker or Michigan state, uh, the TV exposure that, uh, you get playing at Michigan state. And, you know, they were actively talking about driving fans to the players' social media accounts, which they have already done before and they're continuing to do. I think you saw it today or yesterday, you know, go follow Naquan Jones, that kind of thing. Um, But it's very obvious. And, you know, I mean, this is going to this is coming. It's going to happen. These athletes are going to be able to profit off their name, image and likeness um, at some point. And I think it's a smart thing for a university and a program to get in front of and just say, hey, this is this is coming. So this is what we can offer. Um, and then you see uh, uh, Rayshon Benny, who's, he's not a 2022 guy. He's a 2021 guy, but he's a four-star lineman uh, from Oak Park. And he posted a uh, an image, uh, an edit that clearly looks like it was made by Michigan State that says, follow me. And it's got a picture of him in an MSU uniform with his handles on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see more of this and I'm, You know, maybe there were some other programs that have been actively doing this that I just haven't noticed. But um, this is kind of the first that I've really seen uh, um, a school or a program really going after this in, in such a public way.
0: Yeah, I think it goes back to Mel Tucker and his presence on social media and his willingness to uh, embrace sort of the new age of recruiting and and reaching out to players. And Michigan State is going to have to get clever and at least do something um, to try and, and woo some of these elite athletes uh, away from these other elite programs. So while I'd certainly love to sit here and, and talk about football and Michigan State's opener at Spartan Stadium, Uh, Sadly, that's just not going to be the case this year, um, despite, you know, seemingly constant social media rumors. Um, But instead, the three of us are going to sort of hop in the time machine, take a trip back through the spring and summer, uh, because it was a huge one for Tom Izzo's powerhouse basketball program. Uh, Top end recruits committing to the Spartans for both the class of 2021 and 2022. All of them four and five star prospects, including the number one recruit in America, widely considered a transcendent talent uh, in Imani Bates from Ypsilanti. So, uh, Kyle, a bunch of people with fake names on Twitter told me Tom Izzo was over the hill. They told me he had (laughs) lost his way. They told me he he didn't know how to connect with these new age kids. So how did he pull this off?
1: (laughs) Um, you and your Twitter, Brandon, man, you listen to everybody, um, it's a
0: scary place,
1: you know, I, I think it was a combination of of a couple of different things. Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, everybody committed this summer, but they laid the groundwork for this uh, for a long time. You know, they didn't start recruiting any of these guys once shutdown happened, you know, Amani Bates, they had been on. For a long time, uh, you know, Pierre Brooks, all these in-state guys, um, maybe um, Enoch Bracquier, the uh, the Canadian. He might have been the only one that came on late, but they put themselves in good position. Uh, but really the difference is they closed, which they haven't always done, particularly with – I look at a guy like Max Christie who Duke was after. He's the prototypical guy that's kind of gotten away from them in recent years. And they kind of flipped the tables and they, and they won this one. Um, so I, I think that's part of – it. but the biggest thing to me is – they got five guys total this summer um the second one they got was Imani and I think he kind of opened the doors for them and the guys that you saw come after him Max Christie came pretty soon after him um Jaden Akins came after him um I, I think whether they come out and completely say it or not um I, I think that um Imani committing kind of paved the way for that to happen and you know in basketball talent always kind of begets talent guys want to play for these super teams you see it at every level of the game um guys want to go to a place where they're going to win championships and be around very talented guys so and and that's what we've seen happen at duke and kentucky and um uh, i think imani was just kind of the game changer for that um and time you know, he really kind of went against the grain. I think he took a little bit of a risk in being kind of really the only major coach to go all in and recruit Imani. And it paid off. And then that was kind of just the after effects. You know, you get the one big guy and the rest of them come. So I think they laid the groundwork. They got kind of the upset win, which was getting Imani to commit, which nobody – anticipated and then they kind of reaped their rewards afterwards, which is having these other five stars that were kind of in the fold, maybe, maybe not. I think that kind of helped push them over the edge to Michigan State. So it it worked out very well for them in a number of ways.
0: Yeah, what was it? Like a random Monday and what was it June or July when yeah, the money it, it was so
1: weird. I start seeing these screenshots on Twitter. And, and you know, everybody now they put out top five lists, top ten and then top five and then this is the date I'm going to announce my commitment date and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, but he did none of that. And mm-hmm. suddenly ESPN, like in the middle of their coverage was like, we're going to have a Bates's college commitment in 20 minutes. <laughs> and, everyone, <laughs> and everyone's looking around like what? And I think yeah. even Michigan state um, didn't know what was coming. So um, we'll get into whether, what his commitment really means because I think it's a little different than some other commitments, but um, uh-huh. yeah, certainly came, came out of the clear blue sky that one day.
0: Yeah, well, well, as a fan, I'm super excited for this. I mean, Michigan State has has always got talent. They get guys, um, but it, but it appears Tom Izzo is sort of taking it to a new level uh, in this off season. I mean, you sort of touched on this, and I know you just talked to Tom Izzo actually. So, is this a change in in Tom's approach to recruiting, or are is it just are more kids in different places? Maybe. Waking up to the fact that Tom Izzo and Michigan State should and could be a destination along with these other top programs. I mean, I don't know if that's fair to say because Michigan State always gets talent, but you mentioned the closing. It feels different. Has Tom changed the way he's approached recruiting or is it just a matter of different kids wanting to come here?
1: I think they just had a fortunate cycle where they had, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like he's some sort of Zoom master. I don't think he's, uh, I don't think he's <laughs> that, that tech savvy. I think we'd be giving him too much credit. But, um, you know, two of these guys are in-state kids, um, Jaden Akins and Pierre Brooks. Uh, they've always, you know, historically done pretty well with in-state kids. Um, they're both, you know, not top 25 guys, but those solid four-star top 100 kids. Those have always kind of, to me, been time as always bread and butter. Um, right. so those two there, and, 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 not every year you, ha- you have guys like that in the state, you know, there's, there's years where there's none of them. So they had two good, you know, solid big 10 level prospects in the state that they wanted. So that was part of it. Um, you know, Max Christie, he was kind of the out of left field one for me. Um, you know, it, that kid had Duke written all over him to me throughout the recruiting, um, you know, yeah. Chicago area kid Duke went after him. He actually from like right near where John Shire's from. So um, that was the one that really, um, to me, that was the big upset. And I'm not sure it portends anything bigger, like some big, ch- some change in the tide. I don't think they're going to start beating Duke left and right for everybody. But it was certainly, it helped after all the guys that they've lost to Duke and, um, and some of the other places. I think that helped and that helped their, um, help, helped their image. Um, and then Blockway, I mean, I, he seemed like a guy that saw what was going on at Michigan State and wanted to jump in. You know, um, he was yeah. kind of the last one. He they hadn't put in a whole lot of work for him, I don't think. Um, but um, I think the momentum kind of helped with him. And then Imani, um, you know, like I said, it it was an interesting thing with him because he wanted to spend time around Michigan State. He came up on a ton of unofficial visits. He was up there all the time. So I think for, for Israel, it was kind of like, well, it seemed like for a while, if he was going to play college basketball, he was interested in Michigan State. And, mm-hmm. and most, most of the college basketball world didn't kind of didn't even bother with him because they thought he was just going straight to the NBA. But I think the straight to the NBA, they're not really changing the one and done rule in time like we thought they would. So I think that helped them and kind of left the door open. Um, and, you know, he decided he wanted to make a college commitment. And, and whether or not he comes, um, it, it you know, they've already kind of gotten gotten paid for that. So.
0: Yeah, and you know, and we saw Tom Izzo putting in the work. You know, early on, Monty Bates, he's he's known him for several years now. I know Enoch Boache said when he committed that it meant a lot to him that Tom Izzo had made multiple trips to Canada to watch him practice not even playing games um so you know, you know Tom putting in the work for sure not to say that other coaches aren't um but but definitely and then you know when it came to Amani, you saw you know Cassius Winston Aaron Henry you saw these guys going to his games Amani was going to his games the relationship was there so I agree it definitely seemed like it was trending towards Spartans or bust when it came to college basketball uh Matt how excited should fans be for all these kids coming to East Lansing um, you know, obviously Kyle's the expert in
2: this one, but uh very excited. Uh you know what I found interesting just from my my perspective was that, you know, this run of recruiting for for Michigan State basketball, it was like every guy they picked up, you saw coaches and staffers and players from the football team celebrating this like it was a recruiting win for for them. I don't know. I, I can't say I've ever I have seen that before. Um especially <laughs> if it's not guys that know each other, like, you know, I, I played you know, they go to the same school. One guy plays basketball; the other plays football, something like that. I just thought it was pretty interesting that uh, there was such a reaction from the football program seeing uh, Izzo's success in recruiting.
0: Well, well, maybe Amani's going to play Z. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if that would be in his best financial. Uh, I, I gotta be,
1: a, I gotta be a Debbie Downer real quick on a couple of things, Brandon. Uh, I, I mean, people can be excited. Uh, I know. Don't this, do this just, to put This is going to plug your ears if you have to for a second. Um, one. If I if I'm if I'm betting today and I don't have some sort of great inside information, this is speculation, I'd still bet against Imani Bates ever playing college basketball. Um, he the whenever he's done with high school basketball, whether that's in 2021 or 2022, um, he is going to get offered a lot of money to go play back pro, pro basketball somewhere until he's ready for the NBA. You know, whether that's the G League, whether that's overseas. Uh, somebody's going to want him in their uniform because he's already a huge star, you know. So, you know, you're talking, you know, people I've talked to talk about upwards of, you know, maybe up towards a million dollars, if not high six figures. So, there are reasons he'd want to come to Michigan State. He can play with his buddies. He's down the road. He can play in the NCAA tournament. He likes Tom Izzo. But does all that outweigh a million dollars? I, I don't know. That's going to be the decision I think he has to make. Um, I, I think in these sorts of things, money usually. Uh, wins out which is why I'm I'm uh, that would be my guess right now so let's um, not I would say don't count your chickens before they hatch I think you have reason to be hopeful if you're a Michigan State fan um, and, and the other thing I would caution is in this one-and-done era when these freshmen have kind of come into college basketball and so many of them are so exciting you don't see a lot of teams that are built around these freshman um, nucleuses you don't see a lot of them winning titles uh, and and you know Zion's great and and all these players have been a ton of great players but it, it's just not the real makeup to win a title and and I think the the mix is kind of you, you get a couple of these guys and you mix them together with some veterans um, and you kind of mash all that together and then those are the teams that to me, to me can make it far as opposed to these fab five type teams that are starting three four five freshmen so to me the key for Michigan State is going to be do they have upperclassmen to kind of meld with these guys to form uh, to me, the winning formula, you know, is, is Gabe yeah. Brown around? And is he going to be your senior who's improved a lot and he's ready to be a dude. Is Rocket Watts still going to be on campus? Is Joey Hauser still going to be there? Are they gone for the NBA? Um, you know, has his Marcus Bingham taken enough steps, you know, where he can be, you know, a, a good big 10 forward. Um, that, that, that's what I'm going to be seeing this year, because obviously, I mean, these guys coming in are going to be talented, but, if you're asking them to do everything and go win a national title for you, I mean, even if it's Imani, I, I think that's a big ask. And I think you're, you know, we've seen a lot of Duke teams um, with those types of classes get yeah. upset early in March. So, so that, that would be my two words of caution. But other than that, uh, throw your parade and party and, and
0: yeah. I mean, we saw, we've seen Duke teams. We saw the Kentucky super team that had the two line changes of right. starting five. The, platoon, the platoon team. Yeah. 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 They lost to, you know, a Wisconsin team that had, you know, good, not, you know, great college players, but, you mm-hmm. know, average players are best in the NBA. So, yes, college basketball is a different animal. The one thing I would say is Michigan State's MO has been. Got getting guys to stay for a long time and Tom Izzo's MO is improving players over four years and you know if they can continue to keep that working but also sprinkle in the sprinkle in these elite prospects um, you know maybe that is what Michigan State needs to finally get over the hump and get a second title for Tom Izzo as we sit right now 2021 number one class in the Big Ten fourth nationally 2022 that's the one with Enoch Bilace and Imani uh, Bates is, is the number one in the Big Ten and the number one nationally. Of course, that will happen when you have a LeBron James-level prospect uh, <laughs> committing to your school. We will see what happens with that. Kyle, real quickly, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What percentage chance do you give it now on September 3rd, 2020, that Imani Bates is in a Michigan State uniform?
1: I'd say like 35%. Um, you, know, you know, like I said, here's the thing. Like it, um, I think that... There are there's one big financial reason for him to go play somewhere somewhere else. And I think most every other reason would lead him to go to Michigan State. You know, he he's got friends there. You know, he's very close with Gabe Brown, if he's still around um, and a bunch of other in-state guys. Um, Jaden Akins, he's going to play with on his prep school team so he could, you know, um, go play high school and then college with him you know, it's down the road. Um, he likes Tom Izzo. Like I said, he can play in the NCAA tournament, get all this exposure, have fun for a year, frankly, um, as yeah. opposed to playing in who knows where overseas with a bunch of grown men far away from home, you know, not, not on TV or at least not on, um, you know, TV that anybody's watching or, or in the G league, which, you know, he already kind of shot down the G league, although, you know, opinions on things can change. So um, to me, it's like, there's the money, and then there's everything else. Everything else, I think Michigan State kind of has. So it's how does he value it? You know, does he look at it and say, "Well, I'm going to make a hundred million dollars throughout the course of my career. I can give up one million this year to, you know, go play where I want to play and have fun," or does he say, "Wow, that's a lot of money. I can't leave that on the table." Um, I think that's what it's going to come down to
0: for me. I'm going to put it a little higher. I'm going to put it at like sixty-five percent. Maybe I thought you might my, put it a little higher. My, high. my <laughs> slappy rose-colored green. Line. <laughs> Right now, I, but I,
1: I tell you, I've seen experts that I respect um, come in both. I don't think anybody has any clue, first of all, uh, but I've yeah. seen people that I respect in the business think very much that he's coming to Michigan State and very much that he's not. So that tells me that, A, nobody knows, and B, there's good reasons for him to do either one.
0: Yeah, well, I do think it is a, a little bit of an overlooked uh, aspect from you know those of us on the outside to not consider the – you know, college is a once in a lifetime thing. You only get one right. shot to play college ball. You only get one chance to the college experience. So, you know, and I, I think Amani has expressed at least partly that that matters to him. So it'll certainly be fascinating to watch uh, over the course of the next, you know, year or so uh, to see what happens with Amani Bates. And if he does, in fact, land and play at the Breslin Center. So uh, Amani Bates, as we mentioned, not the only recruit coming into Michigan State here, but um, a really 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 solid couple classes you know you're you're looking at Max Christie uh five star shooting guard from Illinois Chicago area Jaden Akin's in state four star point guard Pierre Brooks uh four star shooting guard um from Detroit and then of course Imani and then Enoch Wojache the Canadian uh depending on the site you look at four star five star but he's a 6'10 240 kid uh from Mississauga Ontario which has as pumped out a lot of good players, uh, over the course of the last few years. So my question to you, Kyle and, and Matt, if you want to chime in, um, which one of these guys will make the biggest early impact, uh, in their careers, not counting Imani.
1: I was going to say that, that's yeah. a layup. Um, uh, if you're counting Imani, um, yeah. um I think it's going to be Max Christie. You know, he's another five-star. Um, he might be the best shooter of them. And, you know, if, if you can shoot the rock um, in that game, you're going to, you're going to be able to make an impact with the way that the game is now. Um, you know, coaches compared him uh, a little bit to Gary Harris and what he can do, but he's bigger than him. Um, and he's got the perimeter skill set. He He's skinny. I think he's got to fill out a little bit more. You know, maybe there's some defensive questions if if he doesn't quite have the size, but super skilled guy. Uh, you know, I talked to him earlier this year. He seems like a really bright kid who's going to come in and get it pretty quickly. And, um, you know, a a guy that that's going to be able to be lights out and stretch the floor on the perimeter like that, but still have the size. Um, I I think he's a good bet to, to get on the floor pretty quickly.
0: I'm going to go Jaden Akins, uh, which maybe is a little bit of a sleeper pick, but I think point guard is going to be a position of, I mean, we'll see what they have in AJ Hogard. Uh, he looks like a solid player, but Rocky Watts, I expect him to move on. Um, maybe after this year, we'll see how the season goes or if we, what kind of season we get. Um, so I think Jaden Akins, you know, the film I think says he's very underrated. I don't see 13 better point guards than him in the country. Um, he's he's no. just super fast, quick off the bounce. I think he can blow by defenders. He seems to have the ability to to get penetration then set other shooters up. Um, and I think he's an above average shooter himself. He's 6'3, so he should, you know, have the. We don't have like a foster lawyer situation on our hands. <laughs> so it seems like he should be able to manhandle smaller guards or, you know, you just think about 6'3 guys, you know, guarding Cassius, you know, like just fit from a physical standpoint. I mean, Cassius was obviously slippery smooth, but, you know, that height and length will matter in the Big Ten. So um, I guess we'll see. You know, it's minutes are going to be interesting to see how they shake out over the next few years here.
1: Yeah, I I could see it being Akins. To me, that a lot of that's going to depend on how the point guard situation plays out this year. If one of those guys really stands out, um, and and kind of takes hold of that position, or a- heck, it a- could you know if nobody does that, then it's open next year. And yeah, Akins could could play a big role, or 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 Rocket Watts could grab it and have a great year and move on, and then it's open again. So uh, that could definitely
0: happen. Okay, so moving on to the last thing here, I, and People's favorite topic of conversation uh, on the Twitter sphere. There you go, Kyle. That's for you again. I know people <laughs> clamor for you to. They want to see the scholarship chart, Kyle. They want to see it every day because they're so concerned that we're, Michigan State's not going to have enough spots for all these kids they're bringing in. And uh, I love when I when people start clamoring for the scholarship chart. It's, you know, it's like
1: that. What's that? What's that? Bernie Sanders meme. I'm once again asking you for the scholarship chart. I feel like that's what people are doing to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Time. So I guess as it sits, uh, they've got 13 for 12 spots or 14 for 13 spots Uh, so um, I assume this is going to work its way out
1: it it always does it's 14 right now for 13 spots Um, but so so for starters Aaron Henry went to the very last day or the second to last day before deciding to come back for his junior season for the NBA draft Um, and I haven't talked to Aaron since then um, but most guys who do that a pretty good bet that this is going to be there last year. Maybe not, but you know, you think about Nick Ward a couple of years ago, that was the case. Um, he was coming back for one more year. So I think there's a very good chance that Aaron Henry leaves and that opens up one spot and then you've got your whole 2021 class. Now the question will be if either the 2022 guys, which is Imani Bates and Enoch, um, if either of those guys want to reclassify, then you have to find another one. So you're looking at, or do they have any other NBA early entrance? Does Rocket Watts have a good year and go Does Joey Hauser have a good year and go Does somebody surprise us and have a good year and go. Um, and then past that, you're looking at transfers and I, I think Michigan state fans forget sometimes how prevalent transfers are. Cause this have somehow not had one since 2016, which is like, unheard of in modern college basketball I, if anybody tracks it I'm sure it's probably the national record for longest time um, without a, a transfer so they're going to have another transfer eventually somebody's going to decide that they want to play more somewhere else or so they don't like it there and that's fine um, so between one of those two things I think there's a very good chance that they have at least one more spot open and if and if Imani Bates surprises you and says hey I want to come next year then you, you're going to find a way to make that happen uh, but I think it'll probably happen anyway. So long answer, short answer. Yes, I think it'll work out. Uh, I know Blockway is thinking about maybe um, reclassifying two. Maybe they have room for him. Maybe, the, you know, I don't think you have to take him if he wants to, you know, in, a year earlier. But either way, I think it's gonna, it's going to sort itself out. These people get worked up about these because you can see you know, more, more names and spots available. And it always seems like it's going to be a log jam, but you know, it, it's a long time between now and really next June and when it has to work out and, and these things always seem to, so, uh, it could surprise me and, and there could be a log jam, but I, I think that things will sort themselves out.
2: If you guys want to talk scholarship, uh, problems and, and numbers, not working, oh, yet, yeah. we could do, do a whole episode on what, uh, Mel Tucker's. <laughs> looking at. that melting on football. Next, yeah. next four to five years. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's going to be, uh, Yes. Good luck. Good. Four
0: hundred and four hundred and thirty-seven kids on the roster. Yeah, That's yeah. I, I mean it. you look at what about fifteen I think mean, they have about fifteen
2: seniors on the on the roster right now. I think thirteen of them are scholarship guys. If all of them mm. come back and you try to sign a full class, well <laughs>
0: We're gonna have we're gonna have kids with triple digit numbers out there. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah. The the numbers
2: thing, uh, I, yeah, that's always interesting. But,
1: um, Matt, Matt, what what was the number they had like four of that one time?
2: Uh, it was twelve. Uh, we yeah, should bring out that we we can get Chris Solari on here, and he will spend the next twenty minutes ranting about the number twelve. It was at a uh, it was two thousand and eighteen at Indiana, and I think they put the depth chart out before the game when the, when they come around and hand it out but we had already seen him on the field cuz so Rocky was wearing 12 <laughs> it was after it was after the Arizona State game when Rocky when Jake Harbaugh got hurt uh, and Rocky filled in as the punter and that week they're like yeah he's going to be our starting punter and then they brought in a walk on from off the street and then in pregame they had Rocky wearing 12 the new guy wearing 12 uh Bryce Behringer. um oh geez, who else was it it's going to yeah. Tripped me up. Maybe, maybe they had Tyler Hunt, one of the other punters. See, they had like four number twelves on the field before the game, and had to switch. And
0: Chris, <laughs> well, Chris next Long- year they're going to they're
1: going to have eight number twelves next year, I think. Yeah,
0: um- Yeah, exactly. Well well, number issues aside and scholarship uh, issues aside, it certainly should be a uh, fascinating year to watch uh, developments in both football and college basketball. College basketball seems to be trending toward actually playing this year, but it seems inevitable we're going to get some sort of bubble set up or tournament set up and uh, maybe we can discuss that on a further episode. But that's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Spartan Confidential, presented by MLive.com. Uh, you can follow Kyle and Matt on the Twitter. You can follow me as well at BrandonTheChamp. Kyle's at uh, uh, Kyle B Austin, and Matt's at MWenzel2. Uh, hit us up with topics you want to talk about. Reach out. would love to hear it. Um, but uh, until next time, gentlemen, nice work. And we will talk to you next time on the Spartan Confidential Podcast, presented by MLive.com.